Well, good morning. It's time to get in the Word. It's time to seek the Lord. It's time to get our compasses pointed north. It's time to center ourselves and prepare ourselves for the day. We need a word in season for those who are without. We need to minister grace to the hearers. We need to speak to that which would try to overthrow, which but is which has already been overthrown. Evil. Now, I got something here, and I'm just going to let it kind of pour out, and uh, we'll see. God is good. The first death was in Genesis 3, man's betrayal of God in the garden. You shall surely die, is what God said, if we violated what he said to do in the garden. It is said that death is the inability to respond to our environment. First, we plainly see no response when addressing a dead person or pet. Secondly, Adam and Eve, well, let's stop right there, or pet. Our death affected this entire planet. Now we'll move on. Secondly, Adam and Eve, who walked with God in the cool of the day, had a major problem when God called Adam. And Adam knew he was naked. Now, let me just say this, because God just recently kind of showed me this. Everybody always goes, well, it's not like he didn't know where he was. No, love was talking. God is love. Adam, where are you? You know what he was saying? You missed our time together. We're, we're usually together right now. We Adam walked with God in the cool of the day. Adam, where are you? How come you're not here? This is where you should be. This is this we always do this. God in all of his power and all of his in all of his knowledge, which is all-knowing, all-powerful, everywhere, knows everything, created everything. He has the one element that, that, that we overlook. <laughs> it's purity. It's innocence. We get a touch of it when we first get born and, and we're in that, um, those beginning years. It's innocence, but... You know, like Moses' glow on his face for being in the mountain of God, that, that, that glow faded away. And our innocence is faded. But God's, he's innocent. He, he doesn't know sin. He doesn't know. He walks in the purity of it all. He is not overwhelmed by the all-power. He is not overwhelmed by the all-knowing. He's in perfect balance. He's in perfect purity. And so with God, it's like, Adam, where are you? It is, it's not that, hey, you're lost. No, it's, no, we meet here. Where are you? And here over here, here's Adam. He just sinned against God and he knew he wasn't who he was. The light closes and turned off. He's naked. He feared what he once agreed with. He used to meet with God every day, and now he fears him, hiding himself. He hid from who he was open with, never knowing secrets until the sin came. 
That's one of the greatest things about being born again. And you must be born again. And when you're born again, you enter into the church. It's a spiritual church. That's not, that's not wood and doors and some guy shaking your hand at the end of the service. He never knew secrets. And when you get saved, you get to start over with God. And you, you just confess everything that you can remember and you just you have a time of of mournful regret. And you just release it all. But Adam blamed the woman. He betrayed her in blaming her, saying, you know, she gave me the fruit to eat. She betrayed her husband in hearing the serpent. Mm -hmm. Listen to this. She betrayed her husband in hearing the serpent over her husband's words. And her husband's words were repeating what God said. That added to the betrayal. She gave him the forbidden fruit from her hand to his mouth, just like when God provided the blessed things. You got to know who that is that, that you're considering to marry. Okay? I mean, let me read that again. She gave him the forbidden from her hand to his mouth, just like when God provided the blessing. That woman is not God. Okay? Your partner is not God. And I can show you the balance, the word balance, there it is again, but I'll show it to you here in a minute. There is balance in everything. And you should not let one of them be over this and you're over here subject to that. And over here, there is balance in this thing. Because it gets all cattywampus. We throw God out of the picture and drop his word over here. And now we're messed up. Revelation 20.10. And the devil that deceived him was cast into the lake of fire. The devil that deceived them. What did she say in the garden? The serpent beguiled me. Tricked me. Huh. I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it, whose face the earth and heaven fled away from. This is the same one I've said is in perfect balance and as pure and innocent as the driven, well, more pure in, than the driven snow. And there was found no place for them. I'll read it again because I was talking. I saw a great white throne and him that sat upon it from whose face the earth and heaven fled away and there was no place found for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. This is what we're talking about, the dead. I did one last time on life and now here we are. We're talking about the dead, dead. Dead is, yes, it is on this earth. When the spirit leaves the body, and there is no response, there is, there is no proof of life, that is a form of dead. But we want to look at it in a response to there is no response to God. Because that's what dead is, even though you're walking around. You have the inability to respond to God. No, you have the ability to respond to God at any time. But because you're dead, you have a lot of stuff in between you and that choice. And there it is right there. The devil that deceived them. I saw a great white throne, him that sat upon it, whose face 
The earth and the heaven fled away from them. There was no place found for them. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. The books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books according to their works. Here, let me say this. If you're dead, you're also deadly. <laughs> I'll just let that sink in for a minute. The sea gave up their dead. See? Okay. In, in the last podcast, we was given dominion over the earth. But here's people who are dead and their bodies are in the sea. But I thought we had dominion over all the earth. I thought we, we were supposed to rule. I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. The sea, that verse 13 Revelation 20, I'm reading Revelation 10, or Revelation 20, 10 through about 15. The sea gave up the dead were in it. Hell delivered up the dead in them. They were judged every man according to their works. You could say their deadly works. And death and hell, you say, well, what's a deadly work? Well, let's see. It could be something as heinous as mass murder. It could be something as innocent as Eve handing a piece of fruit to her husband, acting like she's, she's doing God's work, providing the blessed thing. But it wasn't the blessed thing. She was there as a helpmeet. Do you think she was helping him right then? <laughs> Whosoever was not found written in a book of life was cast into the lake of fire. I mean, we could go there, but that that's just, it's brutal to to minimize life down to something that just gets thrown in the fire. I mean, that's too easy. I like to go to the Song of Solomon, 8-6. Set me as a seal upon thine heart, a signet ring. As a seal upon thine arm, a signet ring. That's what seal means. God is saying, hey. Just like marriage. Put a ring on your heart. Put a ring on your arm. Let everybody know who you are. And me and you, we walk together. That when they see your body, they know that I'm with you. Set me as a seal upon your heart, upon your arm. Your heart, that could represent your spirit, your, your inner workings, and your arm. That's an outward display. For love is strong as death. Now look at that. There's the balance I wanted to get to. Love is strong as death. Love is stronger than death? No, love is strong as death. There's God's balance. He doesn't need to be stronger than death. He's life. What this is right here, for love is strong as death, is the, is the point of decision. Proverbs 8.36, he that sins against me, remember what? The word, all he said was that out of all the trees in the garden, don't touch that tree. He that sins against me wrongs his own mind, will, and emotions, his own soul. Jesus said, what will you give in exchange for your soul? 
all they that hate me love death. That's the wisdom of God speaking. But down here, love is strong as death. Now, if you choose to go the wrong way and you hate love, then you love death. Love is strong as death. You can make love stronger than death by your decision. But right now, if you're in that point, when you have not set the seal on your heart, when you have not openly displayed your faith of covenant, for love is strong as death. You haven't activated the power of love. Faith works by love. <laughs> now, look at this. Okay. We could talk about heaven and eternal life in the presence of, of God, who's, who basically said, Adam, where are you? Because we, we usually have some time right here. We, used to, we walk in the, in the garden now. Where are you? Now, don't get me wrong here. God knows everything. He is the most intelligent being there is. And he just is. I, I don't even like calling him a being is not a good description. I am that I am, period. That's who he is. But death. A totally different thing. There's goodness in that innocence of God in that purity of God, that agreement with God, that seal on your heart and arm. But on the other side, see, because you're in a place where you have to decide one way or the other every day, every second of every day, am I getting up to get in the Word of God? Am I going to pray? Or am I going to let the, 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 the nonsense that floods my head early in the morning, am I going to let that talk me out of the love? Or am I going to set a seal Am I going to determine in my heart, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to give this word of God all my attention. I'm going to start, I'll just read a couple of chapters, and then, then I'll, I'll, I'll let the Holy Spirit proceed from there through me. I'll ask constantly, what does this mean? Where is this going? Why am I reading this one today? Where do we read from today? What are we doing today, God? What are you doing today, and how can I be involved in that today? For love is strong as death. But, okay, say so you don't do that. Death. Jealousy is cruel as the grave. You know, the worst part about ending up in eternity away from God will be the absolute frustration that it didn't have to be this way that you'll be able to see every opportunity in life that was presented to you for you to choose love over death. Understand that when a Christian passes from this earth, yes, there is a body. The Bible says you shall die as men. No, you shall die like men, but not as a man. Because something different happens to a believer when death comes. To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. See, the reason that happens is, is he's not going to show you anything. You have to see by faith. 
But jealousy is cruel as a grave. The coals thereof are coals of fire, which hath most vehement flame. That's Song of Solomon 8, 6. The jealousy is cruel as a grave. I could have, I could have had, I could have had love. I could have had life. And then you, then you'll think just for half a second what you did have and what you're receiving right there while you, while you're pondering that. It's tormented pondering of jealousy, a rage that is in you because you, you got no one to blame but yourself. It's cruel with no answer. The coals thereof are coals of fire. And they hot. Second Timothy 1.10 but is now made manifest the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who hath abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. See, for love is strong as death, but the strength of death or the strength of love depends upon your choice. Choose you this day whom you will serve. I, cho I choose life. In the garden, we died to God because of sin. God said, you shall die, surely die. Something left their body. The Holy Spirit left. Now they are dead to God. Jesus was paraded out. Pontius Pilate, the soldiers plaited a crown of thorns and put it, this is John 19, Platted a crown of thorns and put it on his head, and they put it on him a purple robe and said, Hail, King of the Jews! And they smote him with their hands. And Pilate went forth again and said unto them, Behold, see this, I bring forth to him forth to you, that you may know I find no fault in him. No, the fault was on him. It was our fault. He was carrying our blame. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. But see, Pilate said, I find no fault in him. That's right. He was sinless, the perfect sacrifice. Then came Jesus forth wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, and his, and his face was beyond recognition where they beat on him and pulled out his beard straight from his, they just pulled it out. Pilate said, Behold the man. And when the chief priests and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him, take him and crucify him. I find and Pilate said, I find no fault with him. Behold your king. And if you go back over to 19 or over to 20, where are we at here? Mary stood without the tomb, without outside the sepulcher, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And she saw two angels in white sitting, one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus had lain. And they said unto her, Why are you crying, woman? And she said, Because they've taken away the Lord, and I don't know where they've laid him. See, his body's gone. And Jesus standing there. Woman, why do you weep? Whom do you seek? 
And she thought he was the gardener. She said, sir, if you if you've taken him away, tell me where you've delayed him and I'll take I'll, I'll go take him. And Jesus said, Mary. And she turned herself and said, Master. And Jesus said, touch me not, for I'm not yet ascended to my father. But go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father, to my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. And then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. In Jesus we have peace with God. And when he had said so said, he showed unto them his hands and side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. And Jesus said, Peace be unto you, as my Father hath sent me, so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins you remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. We lost the Holy Spirit in the garden. And we received it back on the day of Pentecost. We are not dead to we are not dead to God when we come. We are dead to God when we come, but when we leave that 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 surrender, when we leave that that godly mourning for our sin, when we understand that He took the price that we should have taken, when we choose love. We make love stronger than death. Now he has abolished death. Now we have nothing but a positive, expected, good end. Revelation 14, 13, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. That's written on my mother's headstone. Might have been taken out of context for that, but it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful passage. The dead are those who die in body. The rest is there in the presence of the Lord. Spirit of just men in the presence of God. They're still waiting, though, for the redemption of their bodies. That's what we're still dying. We're running out the clock here at the end of 2021. We're running out the clock and it is time for you to make a decision for love, for life. What you're doing ain't working. Now get with it. God is waiting right now. He is saying, where are you? We haven't established a time of meeting yet, but I want to set up a meeting with you, a daily visitation of you and me together and I'll show you great and wonderful things that you know not. Well, I'll see you next year. This has been Love Speaks 2022.